One Hope Church. <laughs> Munching on there. All right. So let's. Um, I'm really excited. You know, we said today was just going to be would it be a day um, to rejoice. So I'm I'm not going. I'll give you more to rejoice about. I'm not going to preach for long. I'm not going to say say too much, which is a uh, which is a rarity, as you all know. Um, if it's going to be short, but and I know this isn't a psalm that is um, uncommon or a psalm that we haven't looked at before. But Psalm 68, um, I think, is appropriate for today because you know we're rejoicing because of what was accomplished today in the Lord's name. Um, you know, we had 17 people, oh, 17, seven people run 13.1 miles. Maybe next year, 17. So, you know, maybe that's a prophetic word there. We'll see. Um, but we had seven people run 13.1 miles. And to be a great testimony while doing that and to be an encouragement to others um, and to raise funds um, for this school, um, for girls, but we also recognize that in that there's also sorrow because there's this need, you know, for this school that we shouldn't have to be raising money for. The world shouldn't be in such a place where what we're doing is, is necessary. But because sin entered through, you know, Adam and Eve's rebellion and then amplified. Um, you know, because some people take their sin much further than others, right? And, and strive, you know, for, for evil. Um, and so because of that, you know, there's this, there's this need. And we're reminded of the holiness of God. We're reminded that God is just and that he will judge. We're also reminded of grace and mercy and opportunity for repentance. We're reminded of redemption. Like there's all of these, you know, really important things that are brought to us. And I think, um, you know, Psalm 68 just has some words for us. And you know, it's a Psalm of David, and we've just finished First and Second Samuel. Um, so seeing his words here, I think, are are important for us today. Uh, just look at verse one. He says. Let God arise, let his enemies be scattered. And let those who hate him flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As wax melts before the fire, so let the wicked perish before God. But let the righteous be glad, let them exult before God. Yes, let them rejoice with gladness. Sing to God, sing praises to his name. Lift up a song for him who rides the deserts whose name is the Lord and exalt or exalt before him um, and and I just want to stop there for a minute I mean with that you know we have obviously a, a New Testament um, mindset we are we have the privilege of being you know after the cross um, of Christ and that there is there is great opportunity for the for those who are wicked to turn from their wickedness and turn to God and receive, you know, for forgiveness. So, you know, in that vein, like, you know, and I've shared this with you all before, but, you know, my prayers are that the wicked, wicked would turn, you know, and believe in Jesus and have their lives changed. And that that would be a great testimony because we see 
the difference that makes when people who have done great evil are convicted of their sin and humble themselves before, you know, they're humble before God. And they return, you know, they turn to Him and, and then the testimony that is, you know, for others. And it's just a display, an amazing display of, of God's grace um, and, and mercy. But I also pray, Lord, you know those who will never repent. And please stop them now from their great evil. I don't apologize for that prayer. I think that's appropriate. Because we um, desperately don't want to, we desperately don't want to see the vulnerable destroyed. The vulnerable um, great sins done against the vulnerable. And so it's through that lens that I think we can read the first few verses of Psalm 68. We have to read it through that lens, though, in the context of Jesus. But notice verse 5, a father of the fatherless and a judge for the widows is God in his holy habitation. A father of the fatherless. And a judge for the widows. Um, I had, uh, I was meeting a couple guys for lunch on Thursday who, you know, I'm not sure, wasn't sure, like, their, their spiritual condition, but... You know, I knew there were some difficult circumstances and some difficult things there. And so um, I asked my, my friend Stephen to go with me because I, I knew I could get it. I, he could share his story and that his story could possibly connect with these, you know, young men that I've been trying to reach out to and um, or, or at least younger. <laughs> we'll, go, we'll go with that now. Younger men. Um, and you know his his story, and, and I don't think he might be sharing this. You know, this evening, um, you know, when he was an infant, his father left, and his father lived fifteen minutes away from him, and until he found him online, once the, you know the internet had just kind of started out and everything, and he had searched and searched and searched and searched, and finally found where his father was when he was about 17 years old. And so for 17 years, his father had lived 15 minutes down the road from him and had never seen him since he was a a little infant. And, but I know what he would tell you tonight is that he has a father. He has a heavenly father. He has a very good, heavenly father. The guy is a father of the fatherless, and a judge for the widows. Is God in his holy habitation, his holy dwelling? God makes a home for the lonely. He leads out the prisoners into prosperity, and the dwell the rebellious dwell in a parched land. And we can certainly see the reality of that in a spiritual, in the spiritual realm. You know, if you have Christ, 
you have more riches than anything you know this world could ever offer if you have Christ but the rebellious those who rebel against God it doesn't matter if they live in mansions they still in that spiritual sense they dwell in a parched land because they still have no no purpose says, oh God when you went forth before your people when you marched through the wilderness the earth quaked the heavens also dropped rain at the presence of God. Sinai itself quaked at the presence of God, the God of Israel. You shed abroad a plentiful rain, O God. You confirmed your inheritance when it was parched. You, your creatures settled in it. You provided in your goodness for the poor, O God. And so there David is looking back to where his people came from. His people had been slaves in Egypt for 400 years. But God brought them out into a wonderful, plentiful land for them to dwell in. They were poor, but God provided for them. How much for us, when the scripture um, tells us, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You know, again, we go to that that spiritual side where without Christ, I mean, we were poor, we were poor, we were poor. And then Christ made us rich in himself. You know, I think sometimes it's easy for us to look around and say, oh, I wish I had this or that or whatever. Let me just ask, ask you and myself tonight, if you had everything this world to offer on one hand, or the Jesus you already have, would you make that trade? Perspective. You know, say, I'm already rich. I'm already rich in Christ. Anything else, it's just blessing upon blessing. It's just blessing upon blessing. I am already stinking rich. Like, and we have the scripture. We can read the scripture in our own language. Like, we have, when it comes to the spiritual things, folks, like, we have an embarrassment of riches. We have an embarrassment of riches. Man, don't ever think, even in your personal life, in the life of even of this church, what you're going to look at some mega church and be like, oh man, they have all this nice stuff. Wouldn't it be nice to have what they have? I mean, you're, we're already like filthy rich in spiritual blessings. And then you want like, you also want a lot of problems, <laughs> right? You're like, give me extra problems. You're already stinking rich. We are rich in all the blessings that Jesus has given us. Now, of course, there's a place, now I will say this, there's a, there is a place to be greedy. 
where's the place to be greedy? I mean, it's not really greed in a, it's not greed in a simple sense, but you understand what I'm saying. Like, Lord, make me more like you. Lord, give us more souls. More people actually, you know, not just like people in seats, but lives changed. Lord, give us lives changed. Like that, hey, keep asking for that. Be persistent. Lord, we already know you've given us so much. But we could have a little more. This is what we'd ask for. To be like Jesus. More like Jesus. More lives changed. Verse 11. The Lord gives the command. The women who proclaim the good tidings are a great host. Kings of armies flee, they flee. And she who remains at home will divide the spoil When you lie down among the sheepfolds, you are like the wings of a dove covered with silver and its pinions with glistening gold. When the Almighty scattered the kings there, it was snowing in Salmon. A mountain of God is the mountain of Bashan. A mountain of many peaks is the mountain of Bashan. Why do you look with envy, O mountains with many peaks, at the mountain which God has desired for his abode? Surely the Lord will dwell there forever. The chariots of God are myriads, thousands upon thousands. The Lord is among them as at Sinai in holiness. You have ascended on high. You have led captive your captives. You have received gifts among men, even among the rebellious also, that the the Lord God may dwell there. Blessed be the Lord who daily bears our burden. The God who is our salvation. God is to us a God of deliverance. And to God the Lord belong and to God the Lord belong escapes from death. Surely God will shatter the heads of his enemies, the hairy crown of him who goes on in his guilty deeds. The Lord said, I will bring them back from Bashan, I will bring them back from the depths of the sea, that your foot may not shatter them in blood, the tongue of your dogs may have its portion from your enemies. They have seen your procession, O God, the procession of my God, my King, into the sanctuary. The singers went on, the musicians after them. In the midst of the maidens beating tambourines, bless God in the congregations. Even the Lord, you who are the fountain of Israel, there is Benjamin, the youngest, ruling them, the princes of Judah, in their throne, the princes of Zebulun, the princes of Naphtali. Let's stop there for a minute. And I just want to focus, um, you know, 19, blessed be the Lord who daily bears our burdens. And just remembering Jesus' words when he gave us that great commission to go into all the world to make disciples. How does he end it? He says, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Like, he is with us daily, and he bears our burdens daily. Now, the reality is, sometimes we have the burdens, right? And Jesus is there, and we could easily hand them off, because he already always tells us to, you know, come to him, all who are weary and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. But we're like, no, Jesus, I, I got it. <laughs> you know, we're, we're trying to carry it. But if we'll open our eyes and recognize he's right there next to us, 
He's right there, who daily bears our burden, the God who is our salvation. Pretty cool. There were tambourines back then. I'll just throw this up. We had a tambourine today. <laughs> there went home looking for the cowbell. Couldn't find the cowbell. Came back with a tambourine. So it's just awesome. You know, music has been an important part of the worship of God from the beginning. You know, God has given us that gift of music and that ability to praise um, His name and and some of us have been given a lot of gift there, and others not so much, but we all get to enjoy it and to participate in it in some way. Uh, so praise the Lord. Verse 28, your God has commanded your strength. Show yourself strong, O God, who have acted on our behalf. Because of your temple at Jerusalem, kings will bring gifts to you. Rebuke the, the beast in the reeds, the herd of bulls with the calves of the peoples, trampling underfoot the pieces of silver, He has scattered the peoples who delight in war. Man, aren't we looking forward to that again? One day, like, I mean, at the end, when it's all said and done, like, Jesus is going to put a stop to all the war. I mean, there's going to be a final battle. But Jesus is going to end it all. He's going to put a stop to all that. But, you know, it's a terrible thing. What the scripture tells us there, there, there are people who delight in, in war. Like, they seek destruction. There are people who seek to profit off of destruction. Who, who hope that there are more wars so that they can be, you know, more wealthy because of those wars. And there are people who enjoy just slaughtering people. And that's hard for us to imagine that there are people like that, but there are many people like that. It's not, and there have always been many people like that. It's not some strange phenomenon. It's just the sinfulness of the human heart. Um, it says, Envoys will come out of Egypt. Ethiopia will cl- quickly stretch out her hands to God and sing to God, O kingdoms of the earth, sing praises to the Lord. To him who rides upon the highest heavens, which are from the ancient of times, behold, he speaks forth with his voice, a mighty voice. Ascribe strength to God. His majesty is over Israel, and his strength is in the skies. And, O God, you are awesome from your sanctuary. The God of Israel himself gives strength and power to the people. Blessed be God. We see our other nations, other kingdoms of the earth will, you know, are told to sing their praise to God. And the scripture tells us that they will, that even Egypt and Assyria will praise God. Because again, we look at all of this through the lens of the cross and through the lens of that future revelation we've been given you know, in the book of Revelation. And what do you have there? The book of Revelation, you know, people from every tribe and every tongue, from every family of the earth, as was promised to Abraham, people from every family of the earth around the throne of God singing praise to his name. And so, you know, that, 
And that scene in the book of Revelation should cause us to rejoice because we know like how that final bit is going to play out. should also give us a lot of confidence to go forward with the gospel and to just to share the gospel with people. To share the gospel with people. And I just keep coming back to that. And, you know, when, and when you're ready to start sharing the gospel with people, um, I've had the privilege of been um, meeting with a, a guy every, every other week. And uh, this week he said, okay, so I, w- I want to I wanna be better about sharing my faith. So what do I, what do, I do? Like, all right, well, it's just like anything. You know, you gotta, you gotta do it. So you know, pray. Number one, pray, because you know the, the the reality here is, man, it's like anything, anything in your life that you're 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 super pumped about. I mean, you end up talking about that with other people, right? Um, so you want to share Jesus with people. You kind of need to be close to Jesus. It's like we need to spend more time on our face before Jesus and at His feet, and just like. Pray and talk to Jesus. Because then if you're like enraptured with Jesus, then when you're out with other people, that's going to kind of have to come out of you. Like that's going to have to overflow. And then, so that's number one. Two, so, so one is be in the presence of Jesus. Two is pray and ask Jesus for opportunity. Three is pray and ask Jesus for the courage to take the opportunity. Four is pray and ask Jesus for the discernment of how to take the opportunity. So the first four steps are all prayer. Right? First four steps are prayer. Pray to be in the presence of Jesus. Just pray and pray and pray and pray. And then when you're done praying, there's going to be that opportunity and then share. This is okay, so we're going to meet again in two weeks. So in those two weeks, go through that process. And then, so in that, we're praying for opportunity. Pray for opportunity with one person that's a stranger person that you haven't met before. And the second opportunity to be with somebody that you know. Meet in two weeks and see how that goes. But the thing about that is if you know the the way that, that works is like he's got to say, I want to share Jesus with more people. What doesn't work is me going like you gotta share Jesus with more people. That's rarely effective. There has to be that, okay, I want to. And then therefore I'm going to go through this process, you know, to do it. And I was remembering back, and and I don't think I shared this enough with y'all, but man, I can remember being a high school student or a college student or even in my early to mid to late 20s. 
and having a lot of emotion about sharing Jesus with somebody. In terms of, I mean, my heart would pound when I felt that need to go and talk to somebody and then not knowing how they're going to respond to it and all of that stuff. My heart would pound. And I, and I feel bad because I, I confess, like, at 44, I haven't necessarily expressed enough of that, like, compassion for people in those shoes when, like, you want to share your faith, but your heart is pounding. But what I found in all of that is, if I could just get out the first couple words, if I could just get out the first couple words, then we'd be all right. Well, same thing was true about basketball games. Same thing was true about tests. The same thing was true about lots of things in life. Same thing was true about like, can I have your phone number? The same, like, do y'all understand what I'm saying? Like, your heart's going to pound at certain points in life. It just is. It's something that lets you, in some ways, I mean, that's a good thing. Like, that lets you know, like, hey, you're alive, buddy. You're alive. Like, when, don't, like, run away every time you get that. Like, that's life. That's life. That means, like, something happened in here. Or, like, you're about to get eaten by a bear. I, don't, I mean, they're, they're that too. But for, for, for so many good things in life, for so many good things in life, that heart is going to pound. For so many good things in life. So don't run away from that. Acknowledge it. Embrace it. And then, you know, you've done something enough then it, it, you know, some of that nervousness goes away. It, it does, over time. But there's still times. There's still times. But I also say, the more connected I am to Jesus, like, the less of an issue that is. I'm going to say that too. Like, those things are all true. So there's, but, ex, you know, experience matters in terms of, like, repetition, just like with anything. Like, repetition is important um, in, in terms of overcoming fear. But I sympathize with you. I understand what it is to have your heart pounded in your chest going, I know Jesus wants me to talk to this person about him. Hey, that's okay. That's okay. Pray. Phone a friend, ask for prayer. Send a text, ask for prayer. But be bold. Have courage in the Lord, knowing it's about Him. It's ultimately about Him. And we have to trust that if we've done what He's asked us to do, that He's going to work. That the, through the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's going to work. So I just want to encourage y'all um, in that tonight. Um, and just encourage because even man, this this race like presents opportunities. So what did you do this weekend? Well, for those who run, who ran, that's pretty simple. I ran the half marathon because 
we were you know, trying to help the school start for girls because Jesus. Like, let's make sure we get to there. Okay? But because Jesus. For the rest of us, like, well, my weekend was a little different. You know, normally our church meets Sunday morning. Because of the APAF, we have people running for that and raising funds for the school for girls because Jesus. So we met to celebrate, you know, last night. So my schedule was a little different, but it was great because Jesus. You see, like, I mean, as easy as that is, and the, and the one to my friend that I, I met with on Friday morning, my one real big piece of advice for him when it was, when you want to share, you want to share with more people, just ask more questions. Just ask more questions. So, you know, our kids are on the swim team. So this guy grew up in, in Iran, and we're sitting there for 30 minutes, you know, watching kids flop into the water, right? And so we're sitting there talking, and I, so I'm asking, like, so what do you think about what's going on, you know, in, in northern Syria and Turkey? And, this? and so I just start asking him questions. And then he brings up, the religious tensions and all of this stuff. He brings it, and then he brings up his story and his, I mean, I asked him just a couple of questions and he just spilled all the beans about like who he was, where he came from, what he believed, what he struggled with about his faith. The whole kit and caboodle. Well, then it's pretty simple to add on in that. And then once you've done that, okay, hey, remember we were talking and I was thinking more about what you said about this. And so, I mean, you see how that works? Like, you know, you don't have to walk up to every person and go, well, it's time for me to tell you about Jesus now. Yeah. You don't need to do that. Just ask questions about their life. They'll tell you and they'll open the door. And then, I mean, at some point, they're going to be like, so what's your story? See, it's really not, we make it like super complicated. We can't get there. Just ask questions. Listen. And when that opportunity naturally opens itself, get in there. That door is open. Get in. Walk in. Go. There it is. Like, that's something that we can all do. And, and I just want to leave you with this, this verse. And it's in 2 Corinthians 7, which, I mean, the, and there's a context to all this with all the struggles in the church of Corinth, but he ends it in chapter 7, he, verse 16, he says, I rejoice that in everything I have confidence in you. Man. I mean, this is a church that's like... Struggleville's in a lot of ways. I mean, they've got issues. They have problems. And Paul is still like super optimistic about who they can be in Jesus. He's like, I rejoice that in everything I have confidence in you. And really, ultimately, we know, I mean, where's Paul's ultimate, ultimate confidence? It's in Jesus, right? And Jesus is going to work in his church and he's going to protect his flock and he's going to strengthen his people and he's going to, I mean, ultimately his confidence is in, in Jesus, but there's a transfer here. I rejoice that in everything I have confidence in you. 
So I'm just going to throw this out here. I want to throw this out here for us tonight. Like, I have confidence that this week, like, I have confidence that right now we're going to remember Jesus and we're going to take the bread and the cup and we're going to give him praise. That we're going to do that together. And I have confidence this week that you're going to spend time with Jesus. That you're going to, you know, that you and I, all of us, are going to spend time this week, like, at the feet of Jesus and pray. And we have, I have confidence that we want people around us to know Jesus. And so we're going to ask God for that. And I have confidence that we're going to encourage each other. And I have confidence that we're going to be generous. And I'm going to be, I have confidence that we're just going to be what, who Jesus wants us to be. Because Jesus, because Jesus and because of the power of the Holy Spirit and because of the power of prayer and because Jesus. So this week, I'm just going to have confidence that y'all are just going to do awesome for Jesus. And I'm, and I'm hopeful that this week, you'll just have confidence in me that I'm going to do, do great in Jesus. For his glory. And that we're just going to have confidence. And we're going to treat each other that way. And we're going to encourage each other that way. And we're going to move forward together that way. So I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Because Jesus, because Jesus, let's pray. Jesus, we come to you now, and as we come to take the bread and the cup, we remember that sacrifice you made for us. And that you have taught us to sacrifice for others. I'm just so thankful that that was played out this morning with those who ran and those who supported and those who prayed and those who gave. And Lord, in just a small way, that was played out. And Lord, I'm thankful that ultimately our confidence is in you, dear Jesus. And so, Jesus, I just ask that we as your church, that you would build us and grow us and in depth and breadth. That you would help me and each one of us this week to spend time on our faces, on the floor, at your feet, Jesus, where we belong. That's where we belong. And help us, give us confidence, help us to truly take an interest in other people's lives and to ask them questions that will give 
us opportunity to talk about you. Lord, we understand that our stories are just a, a little conduit, a little way to get to talk about you and what you've done at the cross. And Father, we thank you that you sent Jesus for us. That you didn't leave us in our sins to rot. That you lifted us up out of the mire. Out of that dirty mud, you lifted us up. We thank you, Jesus. As we worship you now, we give you all the glory and all the praise. In your name, Jesus. Amen.